It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did I, did I hear that correctly? Did Maria Chaleos just report that there are suspicions of folks out there uh, trying to pass off fake cures to this coronavirus? I've been pretty clear and in pretty strong terms on this radio program that that is intolerable. If you are trying to take advantage of people in the midst of this coronavirus for your own personal gain, and if you're doing so by lying to them, specifically trying to tell them that you've got some sort of concoction or tincture or oil or something that is going to cure them of their coronavirus, well, I happen to have had a conversation not too long ago with the U.S. Attorney, Mr. John Huber, and he would like to have a conversation with you if you, in fact, are engaging in this type of dirty dealing, all right? Uh, help me out. If you come across any of this, uh, folks, would you do me a favor? Uh, shoot me a note over to my Facebook page, Lee Lonsberry. Uh, you can kind of Google your way over to that and, uh, and leave me a note if you come across anyone trying to hawk some of this stuff, claiming that it's a cure or something, when, of course, it uh, has not been proven or demonstrated or tested. Uh, that's a dangerous and evil thing if you're engaged in that trade. Anyway, uh, let me calm down a little bit here. I want to tell you a few things here before we say goodbye as we enter into this last segment of the program today. Uh, happy to report that a number of folks have scheduled uh, blood donations for this upcoming week. Uh, and a wonderful thing. Beginning of the program, I shared with you that I, for the first time in like 15 years or so, uh, made my way to a, a blood uh, what do you call it, a, a blood drive, and I made an appointment uh, through ARUP. I went over to, it was a stake center in South Jordan. I drove uh, out there, and I gave blood. I gave a pint of it, and <laughs> if I'm honest, a little bit nervous. Uh, the reason I hadn't done it in about 15 years is because I was afraid of needles, but right now, uh, I think the times are so dire, and the need is so great that I got to put away my uh, my own fears and apprehensions, and I was able to do that yesterday, and I've invited uh, at least one person to do the same. Uh, e each day, what I want during the course of the program is for at least one of you out there listening to make an appointment to donate blood, and you do that wherever you want, through ARUP or Red Cross, or if you're aware of some other uh, outfit that's collecting blood, uh, please uh, donate, uh, and if you wouldn't mind, just send me a note. Uh, it was something, maybe a screenshot of your confirmation or, or just a note saying that I'm scheduled to do it on so-and-so, uh, such-and-such a day. I'd be very, very honored. I'm going to keep track and uh, throughout the course of this uh, coronavirus saga in which we're living right now, I want at the end to be able to report that at least uh, once a day, this program was able to bring about a unit of blood donated and made available to those in need. The need remains. I know uh, we are under instruction and advice to stay home, to keep people safe, uh, but this is one of those essential things. And the uh, way to do so is you get on the computer, you make an appointment, you show up. And, and trust me, just yesterday when I went and dealt with the ARUP people, uh, it was absolutely sterile. I was comfortable. Uh, I didn't go in there nervous for my own health. I didn't drive home uh, worried about what I might be bringing back into my own home. Uh, they have procedure and protocol in place to keep you healthy and to keep your loved ones healthy. 
uh, and give you the opportunity uh, to share uh, your blood with those who are in need. So that's the challenge. I'm going to remind you of that each day, and hopefully uh, we'll be able to pull it off. I uh, Three folks today already have let me know that they uh, will be donating. Most recent, uh, just half hour, got a note from Nate. Uh, he, through the Red Cross, scheduled a blood donation. Uh, he's going to be donating uh, on the 17th. That's pretty good. Nine in the morning. That's a good way to start the day, uh, donating blood. So tomorrow, or on Monday, rather, we'll be back at it, and I'll be looking for someone else to uh, to carry the, the torch and donate blood. Uh, I've got a few minutes left. I want to share with you uh, a fascinating article uh, which I stumbled upon in uh, BYU magazine. In fact, it was a friend of mine that sent this over uh, to me knowing that I <laughs> really, really am prone to <laughs> to rabbit holes. And uh, I am particularly uh, fond of old newspaper clippings. And right now, as we look back about 100 years to see how we here in Utah and around the world responded to the Spanish influenza epidemic, uh, there are a lot of opportunities to compare yesterday to today and vice versa. And I'm going to do so now here. I've got about two minutes. I want to share with you an article uh, from BYU Magazine, this written by uh, Michael Walker. Uh, He graduated from BYU in 1990. I've shared a link to this on my Facebook page. So you can go check it out there in its entirety. Uh, But what he's got in his article is a clipping from the old uh, BYU magazine uh, called White and Blue. The date is October 16th, 1918, and it is the announcement to students at Brigham Young uh, University that due to the Spanish influenza, that school is closed. I'll I'll read a portion to uh, you right now. It starts out under the subheadline, HALT! HALT! All caps, halt, two exclamation points. I thought, I thought we today were the only ones who did uh, multiple exclamation points. But no, over 100 years ago, they've got it on the front page of the BYU newspaper. Halt! The article reads, The command of general influenza came ringing through the halls of the Brigham Young University just as the student army had struck a good swinging stride and was marching vigorously along the educational highway. The situation is not serious, however and the enforced vacation will probably not be longer than a week. Students should follow the papers closely as the order for the resumption of schoolwork may come at any time. In the meantime, there are apples to pick in the fruit orchards, beets to dig in the farms, and cement to mix on Temple Hill. The time need not be lost. Let me make a quick comment there. I agree with that 100%. You and I are kind of locked up and uh, in our homes right now, but uh, we ought not let this time be lost. There are a number of things we can do to expand our mind, uh, to stay physically healthy, uh, and to be productive. I'll continue with the last uh, few moments I have left. Before the order to close came from the health board, steps had been taken to prevent the disease from gaining a foothold in the school. The girls had been asked to dress more warmly, that windows might be thrown wide open, ensuring full and thorough ventilation of all rooms at the plant. Devotional exercises had been discontinued and the great annual handshake and other parties had been postponed. The school felt reasonably safe and would have preferred to go on with its work but nevertheless responded promptly and and uncomplainingly to the order of the Board of Health. I invite you to do the very same. We need to comply uncomplainingly with the suggestions and guidance given to us by the experts. We talked about uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci early on. He's got good advice. I invite you to take it. That's it for today. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We'll be back on Monday.